Good evening, Starling City, and welcome to another Starling City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Alta Kennedy, and here with me is always your other host, Ross Shaw. And tonight <laughs> on Starling City, we have your usual Arrow Roundup for the week, Flash Roundup for the week, and we're going to kick it a bit in the middle and discuss some of the Lego Batman 3 points, minuses, and pluses. Um, any news on the DC Horizon before we break out the good stuff? Uh, not too much. There has been a, um, a, a description has been announced for episode 17, I reckon it is. And uh, it's basically called, it's, it's the one where Wilson returns. So um, I think it's called The Return is uh, the title. And uh, according to the episode description, Malcolm Merlin, we don't know how, but he's he managed to strand Thea and Oliver Queen onto the island and uh, they have to go up against uh, Slade Wilson on the island. So um, it'd be interesting to see sort of like brother-sister versus uh, Deathstroke. So I'm quite very excited uh, for that yeah. episode. But uh, that's all we've heard so far. So at least we know that Slade Wilson isn't going to appear in flashback and he's going to appear in actual, um, you know, like present-day form. And I think we're going to get another flashback version of Tommy as well on that same mm. episode. So uh, that's definitely one to look forward to. Um also, the arrow that comes out on Wednesday coming, mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday coming, is when we're going to see Oliver Queen return to Starling City. So, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like he's going to return just as uh, the whole brick thing es- escalates to the point where, uh, from the preview that we were given after uh, last week's episode, uh, it looked like... Um, uh, it was on the same level as the ending of season two with a sort of like mini street war. And I think it looks, according to the preview, it looks like Arrow bursts in right in the middle, uh, like right in the middle of the entire thing. So it definitely looks like that the end of this sort of like trilogy, as the writers have been calling it, is going to have the introduction of uh, Oliver Queen back in Starling City. So uh, viewers, listeners, uh, we certainly are uh, in for a treat over the next coming episodes, especially considering to see how Oliver Queen deals with um, this new sort of like outlook of Starling City. Yeah. So that's the uprising episode that's coming, yeah. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure he returns this the, the episode coming and mm. then um, the return is like maybe two or three episodes down the line, which is going to have brother sister versus uh, Slade Wilson, which should be quite interesting to see why Malcolm Merlin decides to put Thea and Oliver Queen back in the island. That's going to be yeah. a, an interesting one because so far it does. I can't really see any reason why uh, Merlin wants to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how that forms. Hmm. Um. I, I I've got a theory, but we'll talk about that during the Arrow discussion. Um. I've got another. I've got three pieces of news here. I don't know if you heard wow. any more. No, yeah. no, no. That was it. That was the only one I had. Okay, so the headline was obscure DC Comics villain Lumberjack is going to menace CBS's Supergirl as the first villain. Um, All right. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Has it been officially confirmed that the Supergirl is going to be in the yeah. same universe as the CW show? Um, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It's been said that it's not impossible. They've said that they would like to, but I think basically what CW will do is wait and see the, re- the reaction to the series before they go, okay, we can link. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that kind of makes sense as well, yeah. Yeah. So basically, Lumberjack, it, was, it says here, it was created in 1980 by Jerry Conway and Jose Delbo. He's 
only made one comic book appearance in Wonder Woman 268 as a part of a trio of international super assassins, which also included one-off appearances from foes called Red Fang and Changeling. According to the outlet, Lumberjack will be established as a villain in the series continuity who has previously faced off against Kara's cousin Superman. In the episode, he's been hired by an unknown big bad to ascertain the (laughs) the precise extent of Kara's abilities. So basically, she's going to fight a Lumberjack who is going to test her. I'd, Obviously, I'll, this lumberjack <laughs> will be okay, and he'll work all uh, work all day. Uh, was it sleep all night and work all day? Work all day. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe maybe he, he he loves wearing women's dresses as well. <laughs> yeah, um, Monty Python. Like I, I I mean you know the way they're probably going to do this is going to be amazing. But the moment that you've said lumberjack, I've immediately thought of Monty Python. So if I when we watch Supergirl. I'm pretty much going to like laugh just because of that song will be in my head. I am Lumberjack and I'm just waiting for him to go and I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool though that um they're trying a different villain, you know, to give it its own thing rather than just Lex Luthor, you know, for Superman. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 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 quite good that the fact that they've got the balls and I think possibly what Arrow has done, they've kind of proven that you can have um you know, like obscure villains. As long as they're treated right, you can have actually have like decent villains that are obscure in the comic book world. But for people that might be viewing mm-hmm. the sort of comic book side from the TV thing for the first time, they're probably going to get invested into these sort of like um, obscure villains, which would probably maybe force the comic book writers to then bring them in into a bit into sort of a larger capacity yeah. you know, or bring their audiences, which is really really good. And I'm, I'm quite, it's quite cool the fact that like you know. Like, well, well, I suppose comic book writers would be more sort of scared to bring in to re-bring in these sort of like obscure villains, whereas the TV shows are kind of like it's clean slate. It's you know, it's clean slate for us, so we can mm. come up with whatever we want with these uh, villains. So that's quite cool. Yeah, uh, and it also can it obviously confirms the existence of Superman when it's the the synopsis says that it's our cousin. So. It does, yeah. So it's going to be interesting if CW do decide to. Um, uh, to sort of like join um, join forces with, uh, I believe, Supergirl's um, what network is Supergirl on? Is it NBC and uh, CBS? Is it CBS? Um, so if CW and CBS do join forces, then it pretty much confirms that Superman and possibly Batman are in the same universe as Arrow. So we could be seeing, and as we've been saying all along the show, could this be the Earth two to the film's Earth zero of? Um, superheroes so ah. it'd be interesting to see whether or not it, it, obviously it may not come to that point where we the two universes converge but it's quite interesting that the tv are kind of like they're not sort of like uh, stepping back ju- or stepping around the films you know they're just going all out uh, maybe in a roundabout way but they certainly are showing themselves as to like you know fuck the films <laughs> let's just do our own thing you know so that's quite hmm. cool so um, that links us nicely into the next news piece, which is also about Superman. I'm sending you the link there, Ross. Basically, um, they've announced a brand new costume for Superman, which also brings new powers, new friends, and new enemies. Um, the costume, um, it's kind of weird. He's got, like, fingerless gloves at the end. Um, it's mostly the same apart from that. I like that they've gave his, uh, his capes all along his back now instead of, like, I always hated the new 52, how it was just, like, sort of just two wee threads. But I don't know what you think of the new one, Ross. Well, I think we should uh, post this up to our Twitter account because mm. uh, the expression that Superman has in one of the poses is 
so ridiculous. I don't even know what to uh, what to think of. Like, there's one where he's like got his mouth is open and this weird ass like, I, I, you know, there's no way that I can like um, describe this in in an audio type way. But uh, we'll definitely post it up and we'll get your reactions as to what Superman looks like in this. By the way, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <clears throat> but but yeah, it's, that... it's interesting. I mean, ugh, the, I mean, the suit hasn't changed too much from the new 52 one it just no. seems to be the fingless gloves it seems to yeah. be the only thing that's different <laughs> but um but yes yeah, it's, it's quite cool that the fact that they are doing a wee redesign i mean um new 52 has now been going on since 2011 so we're coming up to about four years uh into it now so uh a lot of these suits will probably be uh, waiting for like a, a small redesign and stuff and superman getting that i don't know we'll see how how it works out but um for the comic book wise yeah it seems quite cool yeah it's not too bad. What do you think about the new powers? What do you reckon they could be? The new powers? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I reckon it'll just be an extent, maybe an extension of his original powers, but like in certain ways type idea. I, I take it, uh, I suppose, like using like a Lego Batman uh, an, a, analogy, it would be like an additional power in order to unlock certain things in the level. I reckon that that's what happens with Man. Like his laser beams so far would be, you know, like burn through things but it could have i don't know like ice beams or something i don't maybe not i, I mean <laughs> ice beams would be quite cool but <laughs> but yeah i don't know we'll see how it goes i mean it depends how these powers are formed and why they're formed as well would be like a hmm. big sort of thing and you know as long as they've got decent reasons behind why they are then uh, it, it's, it'll be interesting to say the least i mean you know hopefully new i mean anyone following the dc uh comics just now knows for a fact that they've decided to go as confusing as they did originally so um it'll be interesting to see how these powers affect it all whether or not yeah i mean if he like shapeshifts that'll be quite an interesting thing as well but uh i hope he doesn't <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> because like i mean like but again everyone in this show knows how much i detest superman it's like new powers like what like what new powers could superman possibly have he's literally a god <laughs> like he's like he's got everything he doesn't need anything <laughs> So, maybe, maybe maybe they're um, pushing back some of the powers so he's not as strong, leaving him a wee bit more vulnerable, which would be interesting. Hopefully, hopefully they decided to go for that same same suggestion. But it seems to be our show is the only one that really does have sensible suggestions for Superman. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But the I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the the costume looks all right. It's not like mind blowingly changed, but. Um, it's still different if you've like followed Superman. I suppose you would see the difference, but yeah, it looks all right. Yeah, it it doesn't get my vote. I'm still in the middle of the whole thing. I need to, I need to like read a couple of issues and see how this costume and new powers really sort of set in and see what's yeah. what. Cool. So the last piece of news that I found um, was that an 11 year old argued for more female superheroes in DC. Agreed with him. Did you see this? I, I heard. I heard about it. Um, but uh, I thought DC had quite a lot of female superheroes. Mm, uh, I don't want to sound sexist, but I mean you've got you've got Wonder Woman, you've got Catwoman, you've got um, you've got uh, Batgirl, you've got Batwoman, Supergirl. Uh, yeah, you've got Supergirl as well. Canary, you've got Canary. <laughs> Black Canary. I mean, like, hey, we're like listing off like as we're, I, I I thought DC had more female super uh, superheroes and villains than. Um, and Marvel did as well, but that's quite interesting. I mean, maybe maybe it's been brought up because DC haven't um, portrayed them as well as they were hoping. But uh, 
But you know, at the end of the day, though, like I mean, again, this might sound sexist to people, and if it does sound sexist, then fair enough. But you know, like it's it's up to the writers to decide how to how to portray these people. So you know, I mean, like comic books and, and super stuff has always been a, a sort of like you know guys type of thing. So. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see more, maybe more mainstream, he- uh, uh, you know, uh, female heroes, but it's difficult to maybe, you know, break a 75 plus year uh, sort of tradition of having Superman, Batman, Flash and Green Lantern as the top ones. You know, it's like it would be a proper upheaval if they tried to bring in like a crazy amount of mainstream heroes. You'd, they'd literally have to like drop probably Superman and Batman and replace them with the female ones for a while in order for them to garner the same amount of sort of interest and support. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, though, it, it is quite cool, though, and the 11-year-old has the, has the balls to email DC and, and express that as well, you know. Well, the, DC certainly have not been the ones... I mean, fair dues, they did have a, a, um, a female wedding recently between Batwoman and, and somebody else, but obviously that doesn't seem to be doing the... Uh, the right thing for people but hey at the end of the day the more heroes the better so yeah you know. i agree with that but i mean like i get i do get her point I, I get one of her points more than others but i think she just is really desperate for the wonder woman movie um i know she's 11 years old and still fair play to her she says this is a quote from it there are superman batman and Mo- there are superman and batman movies but not a wonder woman one you have a flash tv show but not a wonder woman one marvel comics made a movie about a talking tree and a raccoon awesome but you haven't made a movie with Wonder Woman. So, um, obviously, there is a Wonder Woman movie coming, and I think DC responded as much. But here's the point that um, she makes a good good, um, a good point with. Um, there's not a lot of uh, female action figure versions of, like, Hot Girl or Catwoman or the Girls of the Young Justice. Now, this is a problem with action figures in general because um, I'm collecting, obviously, the Rebels, uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. Rebels figures. I mean... Not just that, but um, we've got like 17 versions of Luke Skywalker and like two of Princess Leia. Um, Sabine yeah. and Hera aren't even out yet, but we've had all the guys already, you know? Yeah, no, I totally get that side. Like, see, for the merchandise wise, I think um, all sort of DC and Marvel and Star Wars as well, yeah. uh, they can, they, they certainly do need to sort of like reevaluate how they're how they're portraying uh, their female sort of thing. I mean, like, there are a lot of female heroes and villains out there, but you have to go digging to find them. I think possibly uh, all those companies could do a wee bit better by, like, you know, having a wee bit more run, especially, as you just said there, a great example. Uh, Luke Skywalker has 17 variations. Leia only has two. It's kind of like, why is that? You know, why, why does Luke Skywalker need 17 variations? Why can't he just have two if Leia has two, you know? And I'm pretty sure exactly the same would happen. In DC, you would get like, say, Batman. You probably get like about a hundred versions <laughs> of Batman with his different suits, but I bet Batgirl only gets like one or two. So yeah, I totally see where she's coming from in the merchandise style, style uh, side of things. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, probably that that's the biggest point as well. Is that yeah, DC, get your <laughs> get your act sorted, sort this out, get some yeah. more female figures out there and female merchandise, and and at least promote your female side of things like we all know that there's like a crazy amount of female heroes and villains out there uh, because we've been uh, engrossed in comics since we were young whereas like that 11 year old probably hasn't really seen the full effect of what comic books can do and and doesn't really know where to start so yeah they should have bloody get their fingers out their asses and do that you know we're not we're not living in the 1950s anymore dc come on i know it's it's not mad men 
yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that was a very good point. So that was all the news we had for this week. Um, quite quite a, a chunk of news, I thought, but um, interesting, interesting that the female females even in this day and age, 2015, and they're still not getting uh, equal respect in the comic medium. And I know that's a bold statement to make, but it's true. Um, exactly. I could say the same thing about Scottish heroes, but hey. <laughs> well, you, you've never met Aberdeen Angus from Marvel. Google him, listeners. Google him. Aberdeen, Aberdeen Angus. Angus. I've heard yeah. of this Aberdeen <laughs> Angus. I'm too scared to, to even look into it if it's like probably a, a, an atrocity to, to Scots people all over the world. But yes, anyway, but yeah, no, no. She, she did put out a good point with the merchandise side of things, definitely. You know, I think yeah. um, DC and Marvel have not been very. Um, very sort of like new age with uh, their marketing side yeah. of things. Even even if you think about how much of a how big a part, um, uh, I can't even remember her name, um, the uh, Black Widow plays in Avengers, yeah. and you hardly see any merchandise of Black Widow considering she is seen as one of the Avengers in the film uh, yes. incarnations of that. It's stuff. like it's like the picture they they made of like the photo of all of them like Hulk standing with Hawkeye and Thor and Captain America and it said this is the photo if the guys were standing in the same pose as like uh, Black Widow, you know, and it's like got Hulk stroking his bum and stuff and it's like I know yeah. se- sex does sell but fair fair has to be fair, you know. Yeah, there's a brilliant like deviant art or Tumblr page where they do that. They just replace, they take all the female poses from comic books and replace them with main with males, and uh, it just goes to show how um, sexual the artists make the females type thing for like comic books, which is a bit crap for obviously for females for guys, not as much, but you know, <laughs> things happen. Yeah, anyway, we shall move on to our Arrow discussion of the week, which um, this week we had Midnight City, I believe, was the episode. Yep. And, um, well, I'll let Ross take over as as always. He sinks his teeth into it, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, Midnight City was uh, was a good one. This was basically the um, second episode after, um, well, post-Oliver Queen's death with the biggest exclam- uh, quotation marks you could possibly think of. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we kind of get to see... We finally get to see sort of... I, I said this in the last episode... Um, that it looked like uh, Felicity was going through like the five stages of grief with you know like denial, anger, uh, you know bargaining and all that stuff. And she finally, we see Felicity finally coming to terms with the fact that you know all this time they'd been looking at uh, Oliver Queen's agenda of saving the city. And uh, as the awesome Ray Palmer put it, he goes, "No, I'm trying to save the people that are still alive." And then that was quite a, a good way to sort of. Uh, bring the whole team back into fighting crime again you know is the fact that it isn't about fighting a say it's about you know keeping the ones you love safe which i thought was a really nice message that was sent through uh through that episode so the episode also we see the hilarious new canary every time laurel is black canary i laugh like and obviously it's made out that way because she's starting out like like the fact that like uh, there was a, a scene where she jumped from like a balcony onto like a, a van and she like fell over it was brilliant and i was like yes this is what would happen if somebody just decided to fight crime like then like, a day later <laughs> and decided, yeah. Going, yeah, you know what i'm gonna get fired into this so it's great to see laurel like laurel's teething pains and the whole idea, you know, and the fact that, you know, she's still not a fully fledged crime fighter. She's only, she's not physic, she's not there physically, but she's there mentally in terms of like why she wants to do it. And she's got the drive and the motivation to do it. But 
you know, you can definitely see that uh, even Roy is streets ahead when it comes to, you know, like fighting crime. And he did quite frankly put it, sits there goes, I've had training from Oliver Queen and lived on the streets. What You're just a lawyer, which I thought was quite cool. And I'm really getting quite... Um, quite intrigued as to like i can see laurel becoming this sort of like outcast of team arrow uh, in the sense that you know because she hasn't been through everything they've been through she's going to be seen as the um you know as the one that shouldn't be there type of day even though that she has good reason to be there and it was great the fact that like she also accepted the fact that she was originally started out to do this to avenge her sister's death and now she realizes that she also just wants to save the people that she loves so uh we basically kind of this episode was all about uh, a, a sort of like non oliver queen team arrow uh, getting to grips as to why they were doing everything for, uh, in the first place which i thought was quite nice you know like you know we had the first episode where, as i said was like you know oh yeah they were just um you know, just doing this to continue on Oliver's legacy, whereas this episode they finally realised that they all had their own reasons as to why they should be fighting crime. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of, like, moved on with that, and Brick, again, being amazing as usual. Vinnie Jones, never thought I'd say Vinnie Jones and amazing in the same sentence. Uh, um, Brick, obviously, he continued his um, rule <laughs> over the glades uh, by sort of kidnapping a couple of the, um, this, the, the city hall uh, I don't really know what that, I, I, I suppose in the UK we would call them like the MSPs of um, <laughs> of the city type thing and like sort of like kidnap them and it was up to sort of like Team Arrow to try and do that. They they fucked up quite a wee bit, but um, at the end at the end of the thing they managed to sort of work stuff out and uh, yeah, it was it was still quite good. And then there was a big twist at the end. I didn't think it was a big twist, but it turned out <laughs> to be a big twist. But douchebag DJ turned out to be working <laughs> for. Um, for Raz Al Ghul, which I am now going to refer to him as DJ Demonhead, because I think that sounds badass. Or DJ Al Ghul. I don't know what one yet. You know, bringing down those Arabian beats. What? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it, 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 all in all, overall, for me anyway, it, it was still a strong episode. And again, just to reiterate what I said last, ep uh, last episode, it just shows that the supporting cast of Arrow uh, can hold the show themselves, even without Stephen Amell or Oliver Queen. And that's something like, you know, you always find a lot of the shows, say Smallville, for example, where a lot of the sort of like um, uh, uh, sort of supporting cast would like flounder when they were given the spotlight, whereas Arrow has forced them in there and they've managed to actually you know, like, kick ass with it, and yeah, I mean, you had an entertaining vil villain, Brick, which hasn't been treated as a sort of, like, villain of the day type idea, he seems to have, like, a decent story arc, which could possibly continue on, uh, especially considering how Brick thinks he's got it easy so far, until Arrow obviously reappears, um, and uh, yeah, it was really, really good, and you got a wee bit more into, like, the tragedy of, like, Tatsu and Maseo as well, as the fact that, you know, they're not married anymore and and you know you can see you can see things brewing on that side and the flashbacks obviously had them like you know in love saving each other and stuff whereas now when you go into the present time they're now completely distanced from each other so it's going to be very intriguing and interesting as to how that happened as well but yeah overall yeah it was a really really good strong episode and although i laugh at like laurel uh being canary like seeing her being so rough around the edges is refreshing as well the fact that you know she isn't just going straight in there as like this kick-ass kung fu martial artist type idea so uh, i'm really digging hopefully maybe the next season season and a half of her like overcoming 
sort of you know these teething issues uh, before we actually finally see the sort of Canadian the same standards that Sarah brought in as Canadian type idea, you know, which yeah. is quite cool. Um, but yeah, it, it, they certainly have managed to sort of like um, it seems this half of the season seems more energized as it did, than it did uh, last season. So. And it's uh, really cool that man- they managed to do that with like minimal effect from Oliver Queen. So uh, yeah, yeah. it certainly was. And I just I just love Vinnie Jones's brick. Like there's no way that brick's going to die, but uh, I just uh, I just love how he's managed to sort of manipulate the thing. Okay, fair enough. He's decided to take over the Glades, which to be honest is probably like the worst place you could possibly take over in Starling City right now, <laughs> considering it's been the focus of two major terrorist attacks. Um, but hey, you got to start small, I suppose. So it's quite cool how he's managed to do that. And um, although I do have to say that Quentin Lance, Jesus Christ, man, like he seriously does need some fucking glasses, yeah. right? And it's not a negative in the show. It's just a negative about like in-universe characters but how sick can you be by emulating your dead sister's voice in order to like into like yeah to trick your dad like he's gonna find out at some point don't you think he'd be like really pissed off once he finds out that like fucking like laurel just like faked her sister's voice it's like holy shit like that was like some dark dark stuff from the heroes uh but though quentin lance should really have you know, got like got gone to a new opticians or at least got some glasses. I'm kind of like I, I really want just Joe West, like Detective Joe West, just to turn up an arrow and just tell everybody who's who to Quentin Lance, <laughs> just so he can just get it fucking out the road. He's like the only person in Starling City that does not know who these people are. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's quite cool. Uh, the only big downside was um, uh, China White in this one. It was a bit crap. Like, uh, we've seen, like, Laurel's blonde wig was actually quite badass considering, you know, like, you know, considering she just put the wig on, whereas, like, China White's hair just looked so fake and so, like, not, not like, out of place. It was a wee bit off-putting. Um, but, yeah, overall, though, I, I actually genuinely, I quite enjoyed this one. And, it's, again, it was nice to see the other heroes taking the spotlight for once, you know. Roy didn't do any flips and shit this episode, though, which is a bit of a shame. But um, but I'm pretty sure he'll have to, like, make up with, like, some sort of, like, triple flip thing uh, once Ollie comes. Maybe it's like, Ollie that just makes him to do all the flips and stuff, because we haven't seen any flips since Ollie died. <laughs> Ollie's but, like, uh, but... backflip, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, come back, it's like, where the hell are those flips, man? You could have totally saved those people if you, like, came out with some sort of awesome kung fu flips like you did at the end of season two. Come on, man. <laughs> that was um, one of my best Roy moments was for, I think, I can't remember who it was, was attacking, um... Oh, who was it? It was Ollie's sister. It was um, ooh, Thea. Thea was getting attacked, yeah. And uh, instead of just walking in front of her badass, he like bounced and done a side flip off a car to get in front of her. And it was like there was uh, that was unnecessary, but it was genius at the same time. Yeah. Un- unnecessary flips are mandatory for uh, Team Arrow. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, and oh, the the other thing was looking down my notes here. Um, uh, Merlin in this episode, like. He started off the episode kind of going, shit, man, we need to get the hell out of this city because obviously Oliver's dead at this point mm. and Raz goes after them. But then all Thea had to do was turn around to him and just say, nah, I ain't leaving. And then he's like, okay, then we'll just stay. And it's kind of like, <laughs> wow, that's that's a massive turnaround. I mean, mm. no offense, but 
if I was being after, if I was, if Razago was after me and I had a daughter, I'd be turning around going, well, well, you can stay if you want. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See, that brings me back to my point I made at the start, my theory of why the two of them end up in the island. I think it's going to be part to see if Ollie can actually protect Thea and it's also to keep her away from Starlin City so she's kind of unreachable for the league, you know? Well, that, that could be quite interesting. Maybe Merlin, like, sort of... Uh, meets up with Oliver maybe next episode and just says, "Look, you know he thinks you're dead, but you used to really do need to like disappear for a while. So they might actually like head to the island uh, willingly rather than being sort of forced in the island and see what's well. That would kind of like make sense. But um, but yeah, uh, it, it's really it really is a strong episode considering the main character isn't that like Arrow isn't actually in the show at this." point present point which is quite cool and uh Diggle was just being as awesome as usual um you also got to see Ray Palmer finally realizing why he also wanted to fight crime or maybe that's his that was his reasoning all along but he didn't explain it properly to Felicity and once he explained that to Felicity she was pretty much willing to help him out so uh we're pretty much now on a sort of like a nice platform where everybody is now on the same page of right we are fighting to keep people alive and now obviously it looks like Oliver Queen might just arrive and fuck all that up so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to react to Oliver obviously coming back and obviously how Oliver's going to react to all this stuff I was kind of hoping that Atom would have been Atom by now yeah. So that when Oliver came, he would have had to face with this technologically advanced superhero, as well as obviously Roy uh, taking the lead in the team uh, alongside Diggle, and then obviously having Laurel being his canary. But um, I'm pretty sure, though, that uh, uh, I've got a funny feeling that, that Ray's plan is going to be um, more like um, uh, more stealth-like uh, than anything else. But I, uh, but overall, I loved it. It was really, really good. So, yeah. uh, what what was your um, uh, what was your uh, uh, thoughts of this episode? Well, it was good, but I don't like the way that they they haven't told Quentin Lance. Like, I know he's the worst detective in the world, but I mean, come on, like, it's going to make it worse doing this, surely, because it says to me that one of the villains is going to tell her, tell him, you know, to like wind them up eventually. Um, and I know he could have a heart attack, but they need to tell him. They can't not. Um, I I did like the whole. Um, uh, Brick, uh, you say Vinnie Jones is doing well and he's doing good. He's not stretching himself. He's not playing anything out of his comfort zone. Exactly. Um, That's what makes him so amazing. Yeah. Because these writers and directors have realised that all Vinnie Jones is good for is a hard man, right? They're not trying to push him out to being this like crazy, complex character. He's literally just a thug that wants control of like part of the city and that's why he's so good is because like in my eyes anyway uh, all previous times that Vinnie Jones has been on TV or film he's tried to do stuff out with his comfort zone whereas Arrow have decided you know what we just need someone to be just this like crazy thug that kind of acts smart and Mm -hmm. Vinnie Jones perfectly portrays that like and it's really really good like all his like his plan isn't like too like you know complex <laughs> you know he's actually like told everybody what he wants to do and mm-hmm. it's the fact that because he's such a tough nut is the reason why nobody can stop him as of yet um so yeah i'm pretty quite quite sort of stoked as to how um how vinnie jones has portrayed brick as well because that's what kind of brick is like in in the comic books you know he just he has a plan and he just goes away and does it and the reason why he keeps on doing it is because nobody can really stop him uh which is quite cool 
Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love. I, I see where you come from with Vinnie Jones. It was like a kind of fifty-fifty when he got cast. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But now I've realised that uh, it was probably one of the perfect castings. I couldn't think of anybody else that could. Maybe no, I, I actually can't think of anyone else that could have like played uh, Brick as well as he's doing it so far. I was going to say Jason Statham, but no, he's too yeah. humble. He's too cool <laughs> yeah. to be Brick. Um, plus, he would need to have a car at all times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah, he needs to make sure that he's like transporting shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, apart from that, yeah, it was good. I like the twist with the DJ that even we'd seen on uh, the live tweets. I'd said to Ross that apparently there's a twist in Arrow, and Ross had said, "Where's the twist?" And then I watched the episode and I went, the twist was the DJ. And you went, oh, yeah, Demon Head DJ. <laughs> yeah, like, so. I mean, I don't know. What, I, I mean, like, I suppose, now this isn't a bad thing to Arrow, but, like, I was expecting, like, a twist to be, like, I don't know, like, Hal Jordan appearing or, you know, like, uh, Lazarus, like, seeing an actual Lazarus pet or, like, something crazy like that. And it's just, like, I think because the DJ has been such a minor character so far, he, he, all he's done is, like, pretty much, like, piss off Thea and kiss her. <laughs> and that yeah. was it. And then all of a sudden he's like, "What?" He's like this, like you know, like crazy informant, um, which is going to it opens up quite a wee bit now as well. The fact that obviously he uh, he now knows that they're staying, and I mean everybody now seems to know that that Merlin and uh, Fee are staying. I don't know how he managed to figure that out, but <laughs> he's figured it out. Um, but yeah, it was quite cool though. So I'll be interested to see what uh, DJ Demonhead does from now on. And see, because I, because he has, he shared the same name with another comic book character, which obviously they're not going to go down that route. So, uh, either way, it's it's still quite interesting to see how Razago has eyes everywhere type idea, which yes. is good. See the one good, the one cool thing that I did like, um, I did like that uh, Felicity agreed to help Atom and she, well, sorry, Ray Palmer at the moment, and she got him the quantum processor. Um, but the thing is that. I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't rush all his return and that he was going to train a bit more with the league and we were going to see, like you mentioned, Ross, the rise of Atom and having Arrow, who's kind of like a earthly-based, like Bone Arrow doesn't... He uses gadgets now and then, but, you know, coming to this, like, technological advance, like, shrinks, and, shrinks himself superhero, you know? Um, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that, but I do reckon that that is now because there's talk about a solo series and they want to save most of the origins for that if it goes ahead, which it looks like it will. To be honest, I reckon it'll be like... what The way I, I like to think of it would be kind of like, we're going to see Atom this season at some... Because I think it's even been confirmed that we're going to see him in costume this season. Nice. Um, and uh, I'd like to see him, like as I said, like this like technological advanced guy like you know we see arrow you and his bow and arrow and brute force whereas he this guy will be the gadget side of things you know and like maybe they'll like sort of trade over and that's how you might see oliver with more trick arrows is by using the technology that maybe atom gives him but it could be a good thing that maybe over the summer they're kind of going to see how well ant-man gets like um gets sort oh, yeah. of like received by the audience and then if Ant-Man gets received quite well they might then decide you know what have a storyline where he figures out how to like you know um uh, shrink his technology and then become the actual Atom that we're because right so far Atom is the um acronym of his suit so it'd be quite interesting to see whether or not the the show writers are holding off of that just to see how Ant-Man is is going to be uh, received and if it gets received quite well they might then decide next season or in the spin-off season to have him uh, utilise the shrinking power. 
I still think they missed a trick on... They should do, like, mini-series, like a six-episode run for when Arrow's not on, like a six-episode. This season, it's Suicide Squad. Next next season, it'll yeah. be a- Atom, you know? Well, they did that, and it was really, really good. They did that with Roy and um, Felicity last season. Uh, they did uh, a six-episode web series that they did. Yeah. And it was just basically, like, Roy kicking ass and, like with crimes and stuff, and Felicity was, like, helping him out the odd time. Uh, which is quite interesting. I, I I can't remember the name of it now. I think it was called like I think it was it's on called the like, like Dark Hour or Midnight Hour or something like that. But it was like a, a six like fifteen minute shorts, which were quite cool. Uh, it, I I think they should utilize that a wee bit more, especially now that uh, all the supporting cast have been well received. That yeah. there's no reason for them not to do that. Like even you know how like um uh, over 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 at Marvel they've got the Agent Carter to fill in. The, yep. the sort of gap between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They should do something like that with, um, with say, Squad. Atom should do, wow. or Suicide Squad should do. Like, that's how maybe Atom's wee series should start. It's like a eight, nine episode arc uh, during the Christmas break, you know, or like the other heroes should all band together in this wee mini arc, and then we start on with Arrow and see how that sort of works out, which would be quite cool. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see. But, I mean, uh, after these two episodes, here and obviously we know that that Oliver Queen's going to return next episode because of the preview that was shown. Um, we we definitely think that hopefully they've taken on board the high appraisal that all the supporting cast have got and maybe consider doing some form of like spin off either next summer or this Christmas. You know, be interesting yeah, to see. I, I do think Captain deserves its uh, full series. Uh, go ahead because. Uh, Brandon Ruth's just such a leading man like he's stealing scene time and it's like as if they're almost keeping him only on screen with uh, um, sorry uh, mind's blanked with Felicity Felicity sorry yeah I'm thinking of Flash Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, of Felicity uh, just so that he's not stealing the scene from like the main Arrow guys and like I don't know if that's true but that's what it feels like to me um and I know they will be brought together, but it's like Arrow can't share this. No matter what they're doing just now, proving to us that the secondary cast members can uh, hold hold their own. Arrow can't share the limelight with another hero on that level because I would say Atom's about on his level when it comes to Justice League rankings. So yeah, I mean, well, which is which is good though is the fact that like story wise, like Arrow has to compete with these new heroes that have come out the woodwork since he's since his disappearance. Which also reflects to maybe like the acting side of things, you know. So like Stephen Amell's up against Brandon Ruth, who used to play who who's played Superman like on the big screen. Yes. So like at, from acting side of things, like Stephen Amell might be quite defensive as to what's going on and and his show and being up against like you know Brandon Ruth type idea in terms of acting, which could portray quite well considering their characters like. Oliver Queen might sit there going, "Oh, nobody else should be a hero, just me. I'm the one that's making the sacrifice. No one else should." Whereas Brandon Ruth, well, well, whereas Ray Palmer becoming and going, well, no, other people want to to make a difference to the city as well. It's not just all about you. So it's going to be. I reckon we're going to see really awesome, like a good amount of tension within Team Arrow, which may or may, which depending on the villains, they could use that to their advantage and try and break off Team Arrow by the end of the season. So it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see how this works out. But they certainly have um, geared. It's certainly been an entertaining. Uh, second, uh, you know, entertaining start to the second half of the season, definitely. Yeah. Um, so apart from that, we will move along because we've got Flash still to cover. 
How about Lego Batman Three, Ross? I'll let you kick off since you you just recently got it, I believe. But I think you're you, you've, you're a lot further than me in it already. Yeah, I've, oh, I I got Lego Batman on a, a Friday past there, and ah, uh, oh, just been nonstop playing it. It's just if anybody, anyone that just has a games console or PC. Uh, they should just get Lego Batman 3. It just has everything that you want to have. It has all. It has humor. It has all your heroes. And uh, I mean, fair news. The gameplay can be. It's Some... all right, you know. But um, as long as you try and think yourself as a seven-year-old, you could probably get through a lot of the uh, a lot of the levels. Whereas if you try and overthink it, you kind of get stuck. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, the moment you overthink, you're stuck. Where the less you think, you kind of get through it quite easy. Um, but no, 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 it really is good. It's really good. And also they have an Arrow DLC, which uh, anybody that um, that has purchased or will be purchasing Lego Batman 3 and uh, wants to get their fix of Arrow, they should 100% get the DLC, which um, follows Arrow and Slade uh, during their time in the island. It's only short. It's only like maybe half hour long to an hour, depending on how, how much you sort of kick about in it. Um and it's only £2.50, I think, as well. I mean, £2.50 for like half-hour hour long gameplay is a wee bit... It's pushing it, but it is Arrow, and they've done quite a... They've done it really well in the sense that they've managed to, like, take the mick out of Arrow, but keep it quite sort of, like, reasonable in the sense that uh, in the intro sort of, like, cutscene... Uh, you hear uh, Steve, uh, Stephen Amell and all. I think all the actors have come back to voice their um, to voice their their sort of mini fig counterparts. But um, Stephen Amell sort of goes through about his training regime and he talks about slapping water. But then he says, "Oh, you never know when there's a day where I might have to slap soup, not just yeah. the watery kind, but the thick pea that's, soup kind." And it's kind of like, "Oh, that's brilliant." Uh, it's like things like that that happen through the whole thing. But it, it is a very good DLC, and it's nice to sort of like see. Lego's portrayal of Arrow as well, which is quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. It's obviously just a small part. It's on the island. Um, I don't know if you've you've played much of the um, free play where you can go as Diggle, and it's pretty cool. Um, I see. I've not done much of the free play stuff yet. I've I've mm. just pretty much finished like all the mandatory story stuff, and now I'm going back to to free uh, free playing. Uh, muck around with all the characters and stuff, but I'm looking forward to sort of like switching into like Diggle, Felicity, and uh, Canary and stuff like that, which would be quite cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, overall, like any any Arrow fan, it, it, if if you're an Arrow fan, obviously listen to this, and you have Lego Batman Three, buy the DLC. You totally should. Um, yeah. If you've not bought Lego Batman Three, but you're into comic books and Arrow, I'd buy it anyway, just because. It's, you, you can never, like Lego the Lego DC stuff that hasn't gone wrong yet, and uh, every single game they've, they've produced for the sort of the uh, franchises that they've had rights to has been uh, spot on. And uh, again, Lego Batman Three has just been brilliant because this time, obviously, you get introduced to all this sort of Green Lantern core as well as the the standard Justice League and all the villains and stuff like that as well. So they really have uh, branched out quite a wee bit and uh, they still managed to keep the gameplay simple. But um, for us comic book fans and uh, fans of the Arrow TV show, if you play the DLC, they certainly have got quite a lot of fan service in there and there's quite a lot of stuff that you don't really sort of expect uh, there was one thing i can't remember what it was but there's another there's a one thing that was just quite good i think it was like uh it was like in the man of steel dlc 
And uh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, it's the Man of Steel DLC, and uh, one of the voiceovers kind of going, "Oh yes," because uh, you play as uh, Superman's dad, and uh, he's like, "Oh, uh, when uh, when our son was born, uh, I was going to call him Zod, but my uh, my wife wanted to call him Neil, but uh, I preferred Neil before Zod anyway." And then like continued on, and I was like, "Oh, that's like the best way to bring in like one of the greatest quotes from the Superman to Neil before Zod." Uh, which I thought was quite funny, um, but yeah, bring it back to like the Arrow DLC. It is really good. It's maybe too short. Like I would have preferred maybe like a like a mission on the island and a mission in Starling City type idea would be quite cool to maybe see like uh, some of the other villains that you that we've been exposed to in Arrow. You know, like Vertigo, Dollmaker, and stuff like that would have been quite cool. But at the end of the day, though, you could pretty much probably like create a full game around the Arrow TV show anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, see, the one thing that I would like is um, them. Le- this is sticking to Lego so far. Uh, the- they do a Flash one now for the Flash CW. You know, just a wee bonus mission. Yeah, that would be cool. it'd be cool if they like release that later on as well. It'd be quite interesting to try and get like Cisco and and um, and all the other characters as well. Would be quite interesting to see because uh, like the Flash character is quite cool, and also even have like the Flash uh, TV show suit would be quite badass, I reckon, in, in sort of Lego form. Um, yeah. But no, no, overall, though, the, the game is really, really good, and it certainly is, like, I'm, I always saw, like, the Lego things, oh, they're just for kids, but um, playing this one, I've just been completely and utterly, like, absorbed into the whole thing and just getting a chance to, to play as all your different sort of superhero characters and stuff, and especially having the Arrow DLC as well, just kind of, you know, it's it's one of those, it's, it's a bit like a Pixar film, you know, it's like there for kids, but it has like the adult sort of subtleties behind it that only if you're older, you would understand why they said that or how they said that type of thing, which is quite cool. Yeah, and it is, it is highly enjoyable. Like, um, I'm still not finished the main missions. I'm about halfway through the main story, but I've done all the DLC and I'm still... One last time, Rocksteady, once you've finished Arkham Knight, just go and speak to Stephen Amell. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, just do a fucking Green Arrow trilogy, please. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> amazing. So anyway, yeah, all in all, definitely spend the £2.50, Arrow fans, if you get Lego Batman 3 sitting and you were wondering, it's worth the £2.50, just for the hilariousness of, like, the what if I have to find soup, you know? Um, it's really good. Um, so, yeah, Flash. Ah, not that one. Um... Uh, the Flash this week uh, was called something in the Sound in the Fury. I think it was. I don't have a link. Yeah, Sound of Fury. That's the episode this week, and uh, yeah, it was again. Uh, just these two shows, Arrow and Flash, are just been hitting the nail on the head all the time. Uh, this one was was really interesting. Maybe more towards the Harrison Well side of things than anything else, but um, in this one we see Flash sort of like up against the Pied Piper. Uh, which uh, I'd, ha- I'd only heard of the Pied Piper. I hadn't read any comments with him in it because uh, I've always been told he was a ridiculous villain and he always got laughed at being the Pied Piper. Uh, I'm pretty sure on our Twitter um, later on we'll probably post up a couple of pictures of what the Pied Piper actually looked like in the comic book, which basically looked like a really cheap-ass gay Robin Hood. And actually, to- uh, he was, I think he was the first ever superhero to to come out as gay as well in the comic books as well. Oh. Which is quite cool. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was. Um, or something along the lines, he was like, or maybe just in the Flash things, he was the only gay superhero, uh, not super, super villain. Was, uh, ah, I see him. Like, the modern version looks a bit like Spectre meets Green Arrow, but the old one looks like Disco Legend of Zelda Link. 
Yeah, pretty much, exactly. So in this one, we see Pied Piper. It turned out to be a sort of former protege of Harrison Wells, and he decides to come back and um, and pretty much um, fuck up Harrison Wells' life, says he knows his secret, and uh, immediately as an audience, you think, oh, does he know he's a time traveler or what? But it turns out that he knows that Harrison Wells decided to to um, uh, to turn on the accelerator, uh, even though he knew that there was a good chance it was going to blow up. Um, however, though, we did get kind of get to see um, a villain outsmart Flash like every time. And if it wasn't for Harrison Wells and Flash would have been fucked. So uh, it was quite cool to kind of we get to see like how naive and how and how naive and how sort of like um, it's sort of like ballsy um, if Flash still is like he still hasn't sort of. He did the advice of Arrow in the crossover by, you know, like, oh, make sure you you know your enemy before you jump in there. He pretty much went straight in there and tried to take him out, and it didn't really help that Pie Piper made it look easy to take him out, uh, only to find out that his long game was to be captured in order to uh, to basically fuck up Wells. Uh, but no, overall it was quite cool, and it was just I'm quite impressed with how. Um, the Flash TV show had managed to take such a laughable character in the comic books and uh, make him a formidable foe for the Flash, and they actually managed to sort of um, uh, really like realistically like put him in there as well, you know, with his sort of like manipulating the sound waves and stuff, which is quite cool. Uh, so yeah, we pretty much like get to see Harrison Wells come to terms with the fact. Well, when I say come to terms, he knew it already, but pretend to come to terms with the rest of his team that he essentially caused everything because he knew that it was going to blow up and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, afterwards, it seemed to be... Every, everyone seemed to be quite cool with that sort of idea. There wasn't really... like I was expect, I mean, to be honest, if if I had a fiancé that died in that entire accident and then found out that Harrison, like, my boss, was the one that's, that essentially caused it, I would have pretty much like killed him. But no, no, everyone <laughs> seemed to manage to sort of like forgive him within like the space of 10 minutes. Uh, but it did make Harrison Wells more fascinating. Like, he really did. And we actually got to see Wells use his speed out with, like, being reverse flash. And it kind of raised the questions that the fact that, like, obviously his energy, uh, um, you know, his energy isn't, he isn't at full power so far as the certain points where he's uses his speed and he collapses and he's like, oh, not again type idea. So it kind of really makes you realize that he needed that tracheon thing in order to keep his speed going but obviously there's only so much the tracheon can do according to Gideon towards the end of the the episode and he was kind of like oh yeah the Gideon was kind of going oh you can only use that for a certain amount before like you know it won't have any effect on your power so obviously it now brings in the fact that the reason he probably is trying to get Barry Allen to uh, get faster is so that he can try and harness some of Barry's power in order to keep him going which brings in the case maybe Harrison Wells aka Reverse Flash is in in fact just trapped in this sort of you know um, period of time but using his knowledge of the time he's probably managed to manipulate it in such a way uh, where you saw like his future self sort of like go up against his own self type idea so mm-hmm. uh, which we saw in the the uh, mid-season finale so yeah it was quite cool that you know we got to see all that stuff and we got to sort of see a wee bit more about the past of uh cisco ramon about the fact that you know like he seemed to have this uh rivalry as well with uh, the pied piper before he decided to turn evil um 
but no, all all in all though, it, it was really good. It was kind of mixed, but uh, uh, it was still quite cool. Like, um, I mean, yeah, it was it was good overall. Like, I, I I just enjoyed it. Like, it was just a a great entertaining show from the Flash. Nothing really moved forward too much. The only big thing that kind of moved the plot forward was knowing that um, uh, Detective West and uh, Eddie Thorne are now uh, are now investigating privately. Um, Harrison Wells to find out more about him, uh, which which is going to be quite intriguing because, uh, in my eyes, um, the fact that uh, Barry Allen got them all to take that picture of them all, so it was like Harrison Wells, um, Cisco Ramon, uh, Caitlin Frost, and Barry Allen. Uh, I, I wonder if Harrison Wells might leave that in his house or leave that somewhere, and uh, while uh, Detective West and Eddie Thorne are investigating, Eddie Thorne might come across that uh, picture and uh, find the identity of Flash. That could be like how he manages to find out who's who, uh, which is quite. Which it'll be quite interesting to see how that works out. But um, but yeah, uh, it was still like you know like Hanson Wells kind of move forward in the sense like like what's happening with Flash is that more questions seem to be generated after an episode than answers, which I'm fine with as long as all the questions get answered, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, overall it was quite cool, and you know like Pied Piper was okay. Uh, maybe more could have been done with him. I think maybe he was a wee bit too sort of overpowered uh, against Flash. Um, I was kind of hoping that maybe Flash would have figured all that stuff out himself rather than Wells doing it, just you know because you know he Barry Allen is a scientist type idea, you know. And I was kind of a wee bit disappointed that Flash did just run in there without any sense. Like it, it this episode kind of just showing that nothing has been learned from the crossover type idea, you know? Like, maybe after the first thing, like, you know, when he caught Pied Piper first and he escaped after, like, realising that they were supposed to be in there, on the second meet-up, there should have been a case where Barry Allen goes, oh, a friend of mine told me to sit back and try and figure out what your enemy wants before attacking him type idea, you know? And that would have maybe given, like, the crossover a little more meaning, whereas he just decided to go away and do it himself anyway, so... You know, but at the end of the day, though, it still wasn't it. There was not like crazy negatives. Like these negatives are just you know nitpicks rather than an actual like overall flaw of uh, the episode. But uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, what did you think of Flash, Ali? Um, I did think it was good, but I do think it was kind of all of a sudden that we've just got to accept that Harrison Wells is Reverse Flash. That was my only issue with it because I was kind of under the illusion that it was going to be a, still a twist. Like maybe he was actually working for Eddie Thrawn, or you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think maybe because we are the we're into comic books we're probably expecting these like absurd crazy twists whereas maybe the way that they're trying to play it in the tv shows that they're going to sit there and go well the majority of the audiences probably can't handle those like crazy twists that happen in comic books so we better off just keep it as simple as like he's reverse flash <laughs> that's it you know which is a shame i see where you're coming from though because i would have preferred it to find out that you know reverse flash was actually somebody else and and you know harrison wells was actually either working with this person with the actual reverse flash professor zoom or yeah. vice versa type idea um however though i reckon just for for the benefit of the audience they're probably trying to keep it as simple as long as they can relate to that as a villain but then again that could be a red herring, you know. It could turn out to be somebody else. Yeah. Involved, you never know. 
But I, I do agree with him keeping simple because they're probably still trying to figure out a way of explaining Firestorm when he comes back. Um, that and time it, travel, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot that they need to explain. Because so. obviously at the end, uh, uh, Piper, or what is his name in it? <sighs> I cannot remember the Piper. Hartley. Hartley. Uh, so it's something Hartley. Uh, he when he was when they had him pri- in prison, he he told uh, Cisco that he knew where Firestorm was or uh, Ronnie uh, Ronnie was and how yeah. to save him. So that's obviously leading up to I think episode thirteen called the Nuclear Man is obviously going to be the lead in, and it's by Andrew Kreisberg, who's one of the main founding fathers of the CW universe. So that yeah. could be a good one. There's um there's a lot of things that have come out with uh, episode descriptions past the um the episode called The Nuclear Man, which are probably too spoilerific to really say on air. But yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how, uh, whether or not the Pied Piper uses that as a bargaining tool to get free, uh, yeah. which means that we could still have another, uh, I wouldn't really call him a rogue, but <clears throat> another villain uh, on the loose as well. Uh, I, but I'll also be interested to see what information he actually knows of Firestorm or whether or not he just picked up on the word Firestorm, you know, the fact that it's, it was revealed that he could listen in to their frequencies. True. So you might have just heard or seen something about Firestorm and just using that. So it certainly will be interesting to see whether or not maybe Caitlin in desperation decides to release him in order to get information uh, against the wishes of the team. So be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, so all in all, Flash hasn't really had much of a weak episode, you know, it's mostly been positives, and I think this was, it wasn't overly exciting like a mid-season finale style, but Flash is going from strength to strength, and I'm looking forward to finally getting Firestorm back on the screen. Mm, definitely, yeah, Be, and again, like, because it's such a sort of complex character and a complex uh, explanation needed, I'm quite... Uh, I'm quite glad that they're taking their time with Firestorm, you know, and they're just like <clears throat> drip feeding information so that it's not going to be an overload in the audience to try and figure out what the hell's going on, you know. So, like, I reckon maybe between now and the end of the season, each episode, we might just get like a, a little sneak peek as to who this Firestorm or what Firestorm is or how it's done, which I reckon will be beneficial in the actual reveal of how. Uh, Ronnie Raymond and the Doctor guy, or uh, Doctor Stein, are actually like you know merged into one. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. So that that's that's about all I've got to say about Flash. To be honest, um, yeah, it, it was a good episode, but I think I, I preferred Arrow this week. It's kind of good that way. Um, that yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like one week we prefer Flash, the next week we prefer Arrow, and that's that, that that's that's what you want <laughs> from yeah. these kind of shows. Like each show is is doing its job, which is all you really want. And considering how Flash is only in its first season, it actually feels like a, a it already feels like a show that should be in its like fifth or sixth season with the amount of the amount of information they've come out with and they've dealt with it ex, uh, expertly, like how they're dealing with all these like complex uh, situations. Uh, which is brilliant and you know Arrow is, as well is like ticking along good and uh, I kind of feel like Arrow and it was told over the summer that this was going to be a slower season than what season two was, was. so uh, I'm really liking how Arrow's shaping up and I I'm, I'm certainly am intrigued as to, how, as to where the Flash is going to go you know so it certainly yeah. is quite good. So um, anyway, we're going to finish up this week's episode on that note. Um, as pointed out, our website is down. I am working on a a special treat for you guys that will fix all website problems, but stay tuned here and on Twitter. And talking about our Twitter, what is that, Ross, if they want to pick it up? Uh, they can get us on Twitter at Starling, uh, Starling Radio. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, <laughs> I know to this day, so what, three years we've been doing this now? <laughs> Still don't know. At Starling Radio, uh, keep an eye on the Twitter because we'll be definitely posting up the images we've been talking about today, uh, i.e. the Superman costume, and also what Pied Piper looked like in the comic books as well. So stay tuned with that. Send us any questions or any sort of opinions you have on uh, the shows as well, where we're always interested to gauge as to what you listeners think of each episode. Uh, do you disagree or agree with the stuff we're talking about? Um, uh, at, at, at the end of the day, just tweet us at Starling Radio, and I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll get you as a shout out in the show and everything. So it should be good. Definitely. Um, so yeah, so that's about it from myself and Ross. You can catch us again same place, same time next week. And as for those images, head over to at Starling Radio because they're already up. Thanks very much, Starling uh, City, and tune in next week. Bye. Dig the dig as well. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> 